It is the week of April 12th. What's going on? Uh, we're back after a little week off. Jason and Katie are, we're on vacation, but they're here now. Hello. We decided to Hi. take the whole week off because you guys were gone. What's up? Um, oh, really? You guys didn't do a show, huh? Everybody gets no. a vacation. Are you, are you saying we're the star of the show? Yes. You are hmm. both the star of the show. That's right. Hmm. Don't make fun of me. It's been a long day. <laughs> <laughs> Don't um, mock us. But a lot How dare you? How dare you? Well, a lot happened uh when you guys were gone. This whole stuff, this whole thing with Matt Gates went down. So, but there's still stuff happening there. So, we'll talk about Matt Gates, congressman. He was caught up in an undergage uh sex trafficking scandal. Just want to make a note that he is a Republican. <laughs> uh, weird. Yeah, I don't know, very weird. And then we're going to talk to political analyst and president and founder of Party Politics US, Atiba Madian. He's going to be joining the show to talk about why Democrats need to push for filibuster reform. It's news to us. Adobe Radio. It's news to us. Yeah, follow us on Twitter if you want. It's news to us. We are there. Um... Yeah, so, yeah, you guys went on vacation to California. You're back. You're alive. What do you think yeah. of California? What do you mean? We're alive. Of course we're alive. What does that mean? Yeah, well, you, you weren't here last the week. of dead. Yeah, you weren't here last week. Anything can happen on a road trip. Yeah, that's true. Thanks for putting yeah. that negativity out there, though. Well, you're <laughs> back, so it's fine. What was the question? Uh, <laughs> it was good. It was a good trip. Yeah. Okay. Good. Well, you're here. You're back, and uh, well, welcome back. I thought you know before before we get into like this Matt Gates thing, why don't we talk about like uh, just some stupid BS stories? I thought maybe we'd mix it up a little bit since nothing really happened on our social media. Um, no, that's fine. You're you're on vacation. It's all good. Chris really um, dropped the ball, didn't he? Yeah. Gosh, Chris. Did you guys watch Godzilla versus Kong? No. Mm-mm. Well, uh, it was. Did no- you? Yeah, yeah. It's on HBO oh, Max, really? but also in theaters, and it, it like uh, made sixty million dollars or something. Really? Serious? It's like the only movie out, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But people are going back to the movie theater. Sixty, and I think it's uh, done uh, over a hundred million worldwide. Wow! So a little uh, <laughs> return to normalcy, a little bit there. Was it? Was it good? Was it a good movie? I fell asleep right when they started to teach Kong sign language. <laughs> so the beginning? Yeah, I was like, I don't know. Do we want Kong to be communicating via sign language? That's kind of cheesy. Um, How do you guys feel about going to the movie theaters still, like right now? I still feel like that's a bit iffy. Um. Well, since I'm fully vaccinated, <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I got my vaccine. I don't know if these uh new strains really get out of hand. If I wear a mask, I'd still feel fine about it. Yeah, I mean, so. I guess in a couple of weeks, once I'm done being fully vaccinated, all I yeah. wouldn't feel as iffy. I mean, I mean we yeah, could just I travel across the country. Yeah. Yeah, but we didn't For go shame. anywhere. But we didn't like go anywhere. Like we went to a house with a pool and we stayed there. Like we yeah. didn't like go out and do anything. Yeah, but we were uh we stayed in hotels. You were on a plane. Yeah, yeah. I did bail on the last half of the road trip and flew home. <laughs> yeah, she flew home. She bailed. <laughs> like, I can't the- I can't go another sixteen hours in the car. Yeah, I, I quit. don't blame you. <laughs> um 
But yeah, I, I'm actually really excited to go back to the movie theater eventually here. That's yeah, one thing that too. I've really missed. I, I used to love going to the movies. Yeah, it's great. Um, and you know, these people who are like, I want to stream all the movies at home. Screw you. It's not the same. I get too distracted at home. Like, I need to like, yeah. I need to like have the movie in front of me and pay for it and have nowhere to like, really go. And, be and not told, be allowed to use your phone. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't, I don't want the luxury of being able to pause it either because then I'll just pause it and, uh, you know, maybe not. What come is back. wrong with you? <laughs> you can't sit at home and watch a movie without being distracted. I really can't. That's I don't so I weird. really can't do it. Occasionally but, I can, if it's a really good movie, but I, I just tried to watch that movie tenant at home and yeah. I had to, I paused it like five times and then I, then Why? It, it was so That's damn what, confusing that by the time I started it again, I was so Why lost. were you pausing it? Like, were you pooping? Like what? <laughs> I don't know. Just dog has to go out. Somebody texts me. I don't know. Need put your snack. phone away, dude. Put, put your phone on silent. Put it in the other room. Like move along. And so critical. Did you watch yeah. that movie? Chris? You never pulled your phone, like paused a movie halfway through to go. No, no. No, I'm calling BS. Yeah, what do you? Katie, so when you watch a movie, I, Jason, you're like I'm focused. No, I don't. I don't buy that one bit. Laser focus. Although you do never well, text anybody back. There's other people watching, so you got to keep it rolling. I mean, if you yeah. if you stop paying attention, there's other people watching. So I guess I'm an ego maniac because whenever I leave the room, I'm like, we're pausing it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm reading a Wikipedia article right now. I got bored, but we're pausing it. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes in the middle so, of a movie, I have to bring up Wikipedia so articles because they, they'll mention something and I'll be like, what yeah. are they talking about? Maybe you guys have ADHD. I think I, I do. do. I think I do when it comes to watching movies at home, at least. I don't know that I have full blown, but watching movies uh, at home. I am have adult ADD. I'm on medication. Yeah, so See, you want to make fun of him now, Jason? Or, or you'll, yeah. you'll get canceled. A medical disease. Cancel Jason. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it doesn't affect you when you're in the movie theater? Chris? I don't know. No? Yeah, I don't know. I, don't know. I feel like that was more Eddie's point than mine. Like, I see where he's coming from, but like, now I'm very capable of like focusing in on a movie, but it's like having the option, you know, like it's kind of the way, you know, it, it's yeah. Like try not to think of the color green. Well, the, what's the first thing you do? You think of the color green. It's like when you have the option to get distracted, then the mind wanders. But if you're locked in, you're locked in. Yeah. Katie's looking at her phone right now. Let's get the dirty deets. <laughs> Let's get enough of this conversation. Matt Gates. <laughs> Matt Gates has uh, he's in a lot of trouble for underage sex trafficking. It's what's uh, being alleged, which is really serious. Um, and again, he is Republican. The dirty deets start now. The dirty deets. An in-depth look at this week's most important stories. Matt Gates. Who the hell is this guy, Matt Gates? Well, I didn't know that he was a lawyer. Did you guys know that Matt Gates is a lawyer? No. Um, uh, he oh, is. Really uh, <laughs> I know this guy is a lawyer, and the way he's behaving when it comes to these allegations that have been levied against him, the way that he's uh, acting in public, he, you, he must be the worst lawyer of all time because he's practically incriminating himself. 
he's acting guilty as fuck is the way he's acting. Yeah, yeah. So well, who is Matt Gates, real quick? Yeah, he he represents Florida's first congressional district, Republican, and he was uh, one of these huge, huge Trump supporters. And um, back in the 2020 race, we actually interviewed uh, his opponent, the the Democratic candidate Phil Air. You guys remember that? Yeah, former uh, Navy pilot, right? Yeah, a, a former, a decorated former Navy pilot lost to some privileged little fuck. Which is just like so Florida. Um, here's what Phil Air had to say about uh, Matt Gates. Man, this Matt Gates. When he was on our show, by the way. Man, this Matt Gates guy is such an idiot. Remember when he like uh, he put on that gas mask to try to uh, mock COVID nineteen? What's with this guy? Yeah, I just you know it is stupid and it is uh, ridiculous and it is embarrassing, but it's more than that. It's dangerous. Dangerous, he said. Dangerous. I think I had a. I sounded like I had a cold in that clip. That was weird. Uh, was that yeah, no, okay. I'm, I'm glad that uh, <laughs> you sounded, brought that up. I sounded ill. Like, was I dying? Does Does Eddie always drop his register like too often <laughs> to be on the air? <laughs> Hello, what's up, Hello. No. One time he was sick, and he sounded like Larry David. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 If I lose my voice, I sound like Larry David. Apparently, it's awesome. So good. So we made a prank phone call. Um, So Matt, uh, yeah, Matt Gates, big Trump supporter. At one point, his uh, Twitter bio uh, even quoted Donald Trump. Uh, It said, "Quote: He's uh, a machine, handsome and going places." Says real Donald (laughs) Trump. That was his actual Twitter bio, Matt Gates. Uh, Yeah, Um, we're just giving you a little bit of background on this guy. Is uh, at one point. Uh, so remember when Black Lives Matter was going on, and that was that was huge in 2020. Um, Matt Gates went on Twitter and he called Black Lives Matter a Marxist movement, and uh, said that it was parroting 1930s KKK propaganda. What does that even mean? Uh, uh, I don't know uh, if he knows what he's talking about. He's yeah, confused. Classic, yeah. classic argument. Yeah, everybody. Of the- postmodern Republican. I know you are, but what am I? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, then in that clip where I sounded like I had the plague, uh, we referenced uh, <laughs> Matt Gates wearing a mask during the, when COVID-19 very first broke out, he put on a mask and then went on the, the floor with uh, a gas mask on and uh, mocked COVID-19. He later did get COVID-19 himself. By the way, did he? he did. Yeah, he did. I didn't know he had it. Oh, yeah. he had it. Yeah. Oh. Uh, so you know, the guy, uh, the guy is just has a just a, a a history of just being a complete douchebag. Um, he also used um a conspiracy subreddit on Reddit for uh, for legal advice at one point to make an argument. Uh, he was caught doing that. There's just a few things that he did real quick before we get into these allegations against him. He also threat publicly threatened Michael Cohen before he testified against Trump. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys remember that? This is, this is yeah. a refresher of Matt Gates. This is all Matt Gates. Matt Gates greatest hits. And uh, well, lastly, remember when um, everybody was saying that uh, what was the whole kangaroo court thing going on? What was going on with that? Remember, it was was that when. 
Oh, that was during the impeachment, right? Yeah, I was going to say, it's probably impeachment. Impeachment one or two, and everybody was saying, this is like a kangaroo court. Uh, apparently, Matt Gates has no idea what a kangaroo court means because he was caught on camera uh, comparing kangaroo courts to Captain Kangaroo. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Here's that clip in case you missed that. What we see in this impeachment is a kangaroo court, and Chairman Schiff is acting like a malicious Captain Kangaroo. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's a lawyer, by the way. He's special. Not Andrew a good lawyer. lawyer. I got I to gotta hear that and see that again, I think. What we see in this impeachment is a kangaroo court, and Chairman Schiff is acting like a malicious Captain Kangaroo. <laughs> did he just call him Chairman Schiff? Schiff. did. Chairman Shift. Chairman Shifty. Shift is yeah. a yeah. Because they call him Shifty Shift. Yeah. Um. So now, all right. So now, here's what's going on with Matt Gates. So now you have this guy is just popped up left and right for doing stupid, idiotic things, but now he's he's uh, in trouble for doing something really, really disgusting and very, very serious. Jason, what is happening with Matt Gates? Matt Gates uh, is said to be facing a Justice Department inquiry uh, over allegedly having sex with an underage girl. And it's deeper than that, though. There's also some sex trafficking allegations. Yeah, allegedly, uh, maybe he took that uh, underage girl across state lines as well. Yeah, uh, that's what they're uh, looking into. They're investigating. And all this stems from an investigation into this real character, Joel Greenberg, who is one of Matt Gates' associates and friends, um, who has been indicted on so many different charges. Um, and uh, this Joel Greenberg is kind of like the center of this whole thing. 36 years old. He's from Florida, tax collector. And uh, he's looking at 33 federal charges, including stalking. And uh, sex crimes as well. Buying sports memorabilia with taxpayer money. Um, just so many different uh, things happening with this guy. So and, and Gates and Greenberg friendly friends, of course, the best friends. Yeah, and, I mean, and, Gates and, had Greenberg they, at the White House. Yeah, they yeah. were like party pals. They're like taking like selfies. Like yeah, they're well. That's that's how these two jokers came together. Here is like uh, it's all it's all through Trump. It's all through Trump. Because uh, Greenberg was a huge Trump supporter and he spoke at a Trump rally in Florida. And then that's when Gates and Greenberg became friends back in 2017. According to reports in the New York Times. And they really hit it off. Oh, yeah. Like you like the sex traffic. Oh, me too. (laughs) What are the odds? Traffic the sex. Uh, Yeah. Uh, It's not a laughing matter, Katie. We shouldn't be laughing at this. No. This Joel Greenberg guy is a real character, too. We could go on about him for hours, but we're talking about Matt Gates. Yeah, but it all comes back to Joel Greenberg in the end, I think. We'll get to that later, though. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so Matt Gates, you know, all these allegations uh, were levied against him. And then he went on the uh, the publicity tour to try to defend his name when uh, this first broke out. He went on Tucker Carlson tonight. Did you guys see this? Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, the, what a wild, crazy interview. You know, I always TiVo the tuck. Oh, yeah. It's 
so bad it even like made me squirm in my seat a little bit. Like I've, I was like, oh, oh I, I, it almost so made me feel bad for Tucker Carlson, but I don't, I, of course. Right? Yeah, I, I came like this like, close to feeling bad for him because Matt <laughs> Gates Tucker. went on Tucker Carlson's show and threw him under the bus not once but twice, and we have those clips right now. First, uh, Matt Gates brings up past allegations against Tucker Carlson in the interview. And by the way, Tucker Carlson was trying to have Matt Gates on to throw him softball questions and help him out in this whole thing. And then, and then Matt Gates doesn't understand that Fox News is on his side and just completely uh, throws Tucker under the bus. And I believe we are in an era of our politics now, Tucker, where people are smeared to try to take them out of the conversation. I'm not the only person on screen right now who's been falsely accused of a terrible sex act. You were (laughs) accused of something that you did not do. And so you know what this feels like. You know the pain it can bring to your family. And you know how it, it just puts people on defense when you're accused of something so salacious and awful. But it did not happen. It is not true. And the fact that it is the basis of this attempt to extort my family tells a lot. And if the FBI and Department of Justice will release the tapes that they are in possession of, the American people will see what is really going on. You just referred to a mentally ill viewer who accused me of a sex crime 20 years ago. Um, And of course, it was it was not true. I never met the person. Um, But but I I do agree with you that being accused falsely is one of the worst. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> a mentally ill viewer. <laughs> I assumed they were all mentally ill. Yeah, they're, oh, yeah right. They're right. watching Fox News. So, and then, <laughs> uh, then Matt Gates tried to rope Tucker into the actual uh, sex trafficking scheme by mentioning that Tucker Carlson was at a dinner with him and his seventeen-year-old uh, uh, victim. Uh, here's that clip. Again, I only know what I've read in the New York Times. Uh, I can say that actually you and I went to dinner uh, about two years ago. Your wife was there, and I brought a friend of mine. You'll remember her. And she was actually threatened by the FBI, told that if she wouldn't cop to the fact that somehow I was involved in some pay-for-play scheme, uh, that she could face trouble. And so uh, I do believe that there are people at the Department of Justice who are trying to smear me, uh, you know, providing for flights uh, and hotel rooms for people that you're dating who are of legal age is not a crime. Uh, And I'm just troubled that the lack of any sort of legitimate investigation into me would then permute, would then convert into this extortion attempt. I I don't remember the the woman you're speaking of or the context at all, honestly, but I... uh... (laughs) (laughs) He's like, oh, shit. (laughs) And then also what's really stupid in that clip is Matt Gates admits to having a sexual relationship with that woman in in his defense. So he already like that's been confirmed by him. Right, but the so was the woman he's referring to is it actually the girl who was underage or was it a different a d- person? I feel like he was talking who about knows? a different Who knows? Who knows how many there were? We really don't yeah. know. Um He's saying that the FBI is trying to like extort another <clears throat> woman in some way. Yeah. To get information. Right. Right. It was just so confusing. I think that's the point. Yeah, that's right? like, the point. They just throw shit at the wall and see what sticks. Like he's trying to do what Trump does and yeah. like distract and muddy the waters. You know, that's what he's trying to do. He's just failing at it. He sucks at it. Yeah, he's not he's not very good at being Trump Jr. Not at all. 
No. Um, so I did, so we pretty much went over everything. Did we miss anything? I know that Katie put together like a, a timeline of everything. Yeah, I mean, he's like trying to say that it's linked to like an alleged extortion plot that's tied to an Iranian hostage named Bob Levinson, a retired FBI agent from Florida that went missing in Iran in 2007. And he's saying that they're like extorting his family or something. Um, (laughs) Frickin' Rogers. It's totally nothing to do with what... Absolutely nothing to do with it all. He's just throwing shit at the wall and and then he said like yeah they're sticks. trying to get 25 million dollars out of my dad and that's what this is really all about oh my dad's also an fbi informant did you know that too yeah <laughs> oliver north said she was 18 if you can't trust oliver north what's america come to yeah yeah so but on april 1st the new york times reported that um they actually know that Greenberg and Gates used apps like Apple Pay and Cash App to pay for sex with women. They recruited online. What morons? Like, really? How dumb are these two? And they sometimes took ecstasy before having sex with them, a source told the New York Times. Well, that's just smart. Yeah. That's the only smart thing about this. And uh, and then there was also the fact that a source alleged that Gates was showing nude photos and videos of women he had had sex with to his colleagues in the House of Representatives while on the House floor. Hey, AOC, look look at this piece of ass. Yeah. I saw something in the Washington Post that said he was the only person in the uh, Florida legislature to oppose a bill that would make it illegal to post uh, photos or videos of a woman or or uh, anybody who's been sexting you online saying like, hey, once once you have it on your phone, it's yours. You should be able to do what you want with it. Yep, that's true. And also he was the only vote opposing a sex trafficking law that passed yep. as well. Also true. Not looking good for Matt Gates at all. So now, while all this is going on, Matt Gates just recently sent out an email to his supporters. This is the latest happening with this right now. Uh, he said that this is a smear campaign, and he's fighting to expose the truth. And then he asks for monetary donations. He's exposing himself to underage women, girls. That's what he's doing, allegedly. And then mm, he, allegedly. He also went on uh, Twitter, Matt Gates did, to claim that he is a victim, actually. He's the victim in this. He's the victim of cancel culture and the deep state. The deep state is after Matt Gates, And people on the internet did not... Uh, they, they gave him so much crap for claiming that he's a victim of the deep state. Um, one person tweeted, you're not wanted by the deep state, more like the FBI. Another mm-hmm. person responded to Matt Gates saying... Dude thinks he's some kind of martyr for paying for sex. And another person said, uh, Matt Gates is blaming the investigation against him on cancel culture in the deep state. Perhaps he should be blaming it on sex trafficking of a minor across state lines. <laughs> 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 oh, oh, oh. 
Uh, so now it looks like Joel Greenberg, the guy that we mentioned earlier, is going to be the one that brings Matt Gates down because, as we mentioned, he has like 30 different charges, <laughs> something crazy going. Like the, the guy is 33. Uh, 33, yeah, 33. Yeah, he's in a lot of shit. That's what I'm trying to say. So um, it, uh, there's now reports saying actually his lawyer came out and uh, apparently they're putting together a plea deal with federal prosecutors. And this means that Joel Greenberg is most likely flipping on Matt Gates. Yeah. The attorney said in court that he plans to plead guilty. And one of the lawyers actually suggested that that might be bad news for Gates. Here is uh, Joel Greenberg's attorney right here talking about it. Does, does Matt Gates have anything to worry about? Does Matt Gates? That is such a bra- <laughs> um, does When he it comes to what happened today in court. Does he uh, have anything to worry about? And you're asking me to get into the mind of Matt Gates, right? And, uh, well, from your mind. From my mind. Based on what your client knows. Based on what my client knows. Okay. See, I thought if I kept on talking and talking, <laughs> I would avoid these questions. <laughs> and, and not to say, um, I'm sure Matt Gates is not feeling very comfortable today. All right? By the way, what kind of a lawyer is this? This guy does not seem like... <laughs> He's like... I feel bad for uh, Greenberg. <laughs> he looks like the dude. And he like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the dude of bads. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I wouldn't be... I, I'm not going to say that. Never mind. I don't want to make any false allegations. Yeah. But there you go. Uh, that's what's happening with that. Matt Gates is worldly screwed. And I hope that if uh, he goes down, our buddy Phil Air gets uh, another shot at that race. Although knowing Florida, they'll just put another, another Matt Gates in, right? We'll put Joel Greenberg in, <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, okay. Well, we have to take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll get our, our guest on uh, Tiba Madian, a author, political analyst, and president and founder of Party Politics U.S. Who's going to be joining us next to talk about the filibuster uh, and why it should be reformed by the Dems while they have the opportunity to do it. Uh, and what is the filibuster, too? We'll have him answer those questions. Uh, we'll, get, we'll get basic with him. I think we should, right? Maybe some people don't know what the filibuster even is. Well, um, if they listen to our past episodes, they would. We do. Yeah, we do have a whole episode on that. We'll be right back. It's news to us. Okay, it's news to us. We're back here live on Adobe Radio. Thanks for uh, hanging out with us and uh, listening to the podcast as well, if you're doing it that way. Um, our guest on uh, this week's episode is Atiba Madion. He's uh, an author, political analyst, and the president and founder of Party Politics U.S., featured in The Hill previously, Washington Post, many others. And uh, he's joining us to talk about why Democrats should push for filibuster reform. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. This is a, a really important topic, and there's uh, you know a lot to discuss when it comes to it. And uh, we do uh, plan to, to dive into that, of course. But one thing that kind of struck me real quick before we do that about you is that um, you are actually a former Republican. That's c- correct, right? It's very true. I was a registered Republican from the point time that I was 18 years old until the former president was elected. 
Wow. And so what made you want to um, switch party? The former president was elected. <laughs> <laughs> so That'll do it, it. It was that that recent uh, when when Trump came into office. That's when you decided that maybe this party isn't for me. You know, I joined the party initially because I feel, and I still do, that we need representation on both sides, and I think we need voices and we need to build relationships. That's the way that I've built my own career. Um, but, you know, sometimes uh, the writing is on the wall. And as Maya Angelou said, when a person shows you who they are, who they are believe them. Yeah. Well, I kept thinking that the former president was going to pivot at some point. I remember writing something for The Guardian. Um, they were asking, when did I know that, that what was the tipping point? And it was the fact that the, the guy never pivoted. In fact, he dug in, um, went further with uh, racist and sexist and xenophobia you know, the whole pieces with the border wall, the way that he treated Native Americans, um, it, it just kept going. So there was no way that I could continue to be um, in my right mind and stay part of that political party. And we see now the rifts that are going on with it. And it's all byproduct of him. Not that it wasn't already happening, but it just exposed itself. Yeah, I think that it, a lot, that was already happening. And uh, it was sort of like an unspoken thing, sort of uh, happening behind the scenes a little bit. And Trump was just, uh, just he put it all out there, like with no shame at all. So, um, I mean, looking back, I mean, I, I hate to, to harp on this, but like looking back, do you see any other signs with, within the Republican Party, maybe when you were a supporter that yeah. maybe you ignored and turned a blind eye, blind eye to? I never turned a blind eye, but I mean, there were things that were going on when we saw the Tea Party coming come to, um, to D.C. And uh, but, you know, we could go all the way back to New Gingrich. We could go back, back probably a little bit further to that, where it, uh, the Republican Party just basically took a position where we're not going to uh, do anything um, with Democrats. And, uh, you know, I live in a city where they're majority Democrat um, and we have a city council where we don't have one Republican on the city council. I don't think that's necessarily healthy. I think um, having too much of one thing is not necessarily a good thing. But when we don't when we have a position where people aren't actually listening because their hearts are so close to it, then we have some problems. I think that's where we see um, what's going on right now around the country. And it's filtered down to the masses. And that's the that, that's the bigger issue that I think this country is faced with. Yeah, we could talk about that, I think, in depth. But uh, we wanted to discuss the filibuster with you uh, this time. I think we could have you back to do a whole show on that. But um, so filibuster, we, we actually did an entire episode on it last time. We I think last week or the week before. And um well, just in case anybody's joining us that doesn't know what the filibuster is, because, you know, it's something that maybe wasn't taught in civics class as it should have been. How would you explain the filibuster to somebody who doesn't know? It's basically no different than it's the origin of its word and in, in the meeting, which um, start off actually with pi- privateer or pirates um, stealing booty. <laughs> and um treasure you know and the way that i look at the filibuster it's one party's or somebody within the party's way of trying to um, hijack a political issue i i like to look at the definition of politics is politics is keeping an issue going long enough until it becomes irrelevant and when someone tries to filibuster a piece of legislation they often are doing so to try to hijack it and steal it and then stop it from passing. And they want to um, talk about the reasons why it shouldn't. And it just goes on and on and on and on. 
Um, but it, just overall, it's it, it's 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 like trying to steal something in the, in the night. And as an African American, um, you know, you can go back to um, Reconstruction period. After Reconstruction, you can see how filibusters were used um, to try to um, promote the promote um, legislation and and keep legislation that was. Um, pro-racist, for lack of a better word. And um, th- in terms of where we are today, this nation is much better for its diversity and it's much stronger when we embrace our diverse um, uh, population, but also diverse ideas. And that means both Republican and Democrat or independent. Um, and I think that we've basically, we've outgrown the need for the filibuster, though there are some people who still want to keep it alive because it helps them to continue pushing their um, agendas that they say is pro-American, but in my opinion, is very un-American. So, uh, are you advocating for the abolition then of the filibuster as it now exists, or uh, are you open to some more uh, half measures type reforms that would uh, rein in the filibuster? I'm I'm for getting rid of a period. Um, I think. Also, when you look at the way that the Senate is made up, even with the way that we vote um, on issues, you know, people normally like to use the term the nuclear option. Um, They're just these different terms that we use. Um, If we live in a democratic society, let's go with democratic votes. So that's, you know, I think that when a piece of legislation comes before the House or the Senate, there is a committee process. And the committee process is when issues should come up about why a piece of legislation should or should not pass. The committee makes its recommendations. It comes to the floor. Let's just have an up and down vote on it. We can have the debate and then have an up and down vote. And whatever is the majority, then that's the way that we should go. We should keep going on with all these other things that hinder um, the whole democratic process and the ability to be able to get laws passed. Yeah, it's the especially with Mitch McConnell too. The guy's just uh, he stopped so much legislation, and the filibuster is just another means for him to do that. And uh, he uh, recently came out and said, "Quote: Nobody in this chamber can even begin to imagine what a complete scorched earth Senate would look like." Uh, he was talking about if the if filibuster reform is passed. Uh, what do you make of this threat from Senate Minority Leader uh, Mitch McConnell? I'm trying to figure out ways of in my um, little part of the world to do the things that I can. And the things that I did and worked on in 2020 with um, other people was getting people to vote and to the recognition that elections have consequences. And that's the message that I would send to Mitch McConnell. Elections have consequences. Now, what we see going on around the, state, the country are states like Georgia um, that are passing um, voter suppression laws to keep people from being able to vote because they lost an election. Um, and what I see Mitch McConnell and the, the Republicans doing is exactly what I was taught and learned the Republicans do, and that's project. And they're projecting um, as if, and this is what frustrates me right now, the Democrats uh, keep appearing to be weak. Well, you have, we gave you the majority. It's a slim majority in the Senate and the, and the House. What are you going to do with it? Um, I don't really care what Mitch McConnell says about scorched earth, because if they were in, a, in if the roles were reversed, we should all know by now what the Republicans would do. So I think that um, 
rather than pay attention to what they're talking about in terms of you can't get rid of a filibuster. It's just they're they're governing from or trying to govern and trying to use their minority and, be, and, and use a fearful tactics. And I would love to see, and if they don't do it, I'll just try to do it my own way, that um, I think we have to come from positions of hope. And I think that this country coming out, we're trying to get from up on a, a, a pandemic. We saw Republicans, not one Republican voted for a stimulus package bill that's supposed to help all Americans. Um, that re- Democrats have the, the power right now. They have the House, the Senate, and the presidency. They haven't had that since 2008, 2009. And um, the, I'm personally waiting to see what they're going to do with it. So I could care less what Mitch McConnell says. Yeah. And this, the scorched earth thing too is seems to me like to be uh, an empty threat too, because he's pretty much threatening. He's saying that we'll, we'll make it. So uh, the Senate is useless and doesn't do anything, but we saw under his lead, that's exactly what was happening anyways. So he's like pretty much threatening what he's already been doing or done in the past. And it's time that we actually start to pass some legislation in this country that it helps people and doesn't only serve the, the elite and the rich and uh, special interest groups. It's just gotten so crazy and out of hand how uh, it's just so blatant in front of our faces. If you're paying attention, uh, the Republican party is not looking out for the average American at all. And it blows my mind that people still vote for anybody in that party because we would be much better off if we were trying to look at policies that actually help people. It's true. But the sad part is that they're not even um, working to benefit the very people that they need to vote for them, for them. Uh, uh, You know, you look at Georgia uh, and Georgia was a huge win for Democrats. President won by 12,000 votes. Senator Warnock and Senator Ossoff won um, bigger margins, but a lot of the people who voted in the presidential election on the Republican side didn't come back out and vote um, in January um, during that special election. So I think what Democrats need to be doing is focus on getting legislation passed. Get rid of, you know, stop worrying about what the Republicans are going to do, because that's what will excite the base. That is what will give people hope. That will get people out to vote in 2022. Midterms, um, you know, we had a campaign. It was called 2020. I won't say this here because I don't know if you want to go ahead. Um, it's fine. I saw what you're talking about. You can we, say we, we had a campaign called 2020 fucking matters and we're coming back with midterms fucking matters. And because it really does. But the whole idea is not just to shock people, but it's to really like inspire people and, and recognize it. Elections have consequences. So if we have the House and the Senate, people are going to continue to say, and I think the Democrats are trying to operate in this idea where with the president always loses the president's party loses seats in the midterm elections. That doesn't necessarily have to be the case. Um, the Democrats can win and can, and, and can get a larger majority, but they've got to do the work to excite the base and they've got to get people, you know, whether or not it's progressives who, uh, and young people who want to see, um, uh, some relief with student loans, whether or not it's people who want to see, well, taxing the wealthy a bit more, because we've seen the largest transfer of wealth from the from the wealthy, I mean, from the poor to the wealthy, from the middle class to the wealthy during this pandemic. And we've got to figure out some ways to really right that shift. And people, Republicans and Democrats, need money. And there's a middle class and, 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 and poor people who are both Republican and Democrats. I think that people are going to be voting with their pockets in 2022. Even like this year, there, there's special, there's, um, the elections that are going on in Virginia and New Jersey, 
this is all going to help to show us where where Democrats do right now is going to help show us what's going to happen in 2022. And I really think Democrats would be missing a great opportunity if they do not do what we would see the Republicans do. If the Republicans were in a slim majority right now, do you think they wouldn't get uh, get rid of the nuclear option or, or the whole idea of having the or go to the nuclear option? The whole idea that you have to have 60 votes to do um, any major legislation. I don't think they would. I think that Mitch McConnell would do whatever he needed to do to get his legislation passed. And I think that that's what Schumer needs to do. And I think um, in the House, they're trying to do and, and hold the line. Um, and, and the president should stop trying to work across the party lines. I know that's the tagline that we he, he's supposed to say from a presidential standpoint. But right now, people are it's looking not, for relief. It's not two-way street, though. They're not, they're not looking to, not. to work across party lines. And that exactly. doesn't need to stop. So. We we extended the, or I should say Democrats, but I'm going to say we, whatever, uh, extended the, um, you know, the olive branch and said, hey, this in the Obama years, we'll, we'll try to work with you. But, you know, that didn't work out. Um, so why keep giving them that courtesy? So screw them. That's what I say. And, Do you think uh, that uh, yeah. political concerns are really what the holdup is right now? Because as you were saying a second ago, at this point, Democrats control all the levers. So if the party really wants to get this done, it's in a position to do that, you know, assuming that it can get the uh, rank and file to fall in behind. But, you know, they have the opportunity here. What's what, uh, you know, what what's keeping this uh, hypothetical and uh, ha- has kept the Senate from moving forward already? And I think that also, I mean, there are some things that really take note. You've got um, people like Joe Manchin and Susan Collins and a few others, um, uh, Kristen Sinema, who um, are in states where they have um, some Republicans that they have to answer to. Um, so that gives Democrats an even slimmer majority. But if you have these up and down votes, people tend to have a short term memory. But I think these are things that the Democrats should be taking notes and going back to in 2022 and making sure that, and, I, and, and I'm not even gonna put this all on Democrats, us as voters need to be remembering who was with us in the times of need, who was against us in the time of need. And we've gotta keep bringing that up. And, and my big message, I think now, at least that call to action that I have for myself is, stop worrying about what the elected officials do. Let's focus on what we can do as citizens. Yes, that's right. And, uh, you know, I think, there's just also a lot of propaganda to work against too, because uh, even you mentioned earlier, like everybody needs money and the the middle class is dwindling. Yet there's a huge percentage of this uh, population that is worried about their guns being taken away or them being forced to become transgender. Like there's just so much crazy crap out there. I, and that really is the biggest battle is cutting through and, and, uh, and uh, kind of, wading through all of the BS. And I think a lot of that has to, the, the battle there is, is fought as the individual, as you said, uh, uh, maybe you um, open up these conversations with your family, uh, you know, in a respectful way and, and, and start there or your maybe close friends where, you know, you're not going to damage your relationship. I, I don't know. Like any, any advice from you? That's just a couple of my ideas. Yeah, I think we got to stop being afraid to have the conversation. And, you know, when the, if the people who don't agree with you start yelling, you don't have to yell back. Um, I find that when people start yelling and they get, start talking over you, it's usually because they're insecure. And that's where you know, but we've got to find um, 
I don't know what the what the language is yet. We've got to find some ways that are going to um, reunite us. But I think that by leading, and you know, when I look back at history, I look at 1980, 1981, Ronald Reagan came into office. You know, why did the country uh, uh, support him? Though there were like pieces of legislation that went against um, the major, a large part, a portion of Americans. A lot of it was he. It was it was slow. It was steady. He stayed on message, and he provided a vision for where he wanted to take the country. That's what I think we really need to have today. Um, a message, and I think the message now has to be of hope because people are tired of living in fear. We've been living that way for the last what 14 months or 13, 14 months under a pandemic. Uh, we've seen people lose jobs. There are people who are middle-class who have been trying to support their families. And so it's been tight because their family members have lost jobs. Um, they've got kids who are in college who can't go and live on campus um, or are living in a hybrid type of, of, of campus thing. There, all of this thing stuff has impacted us. The question is how are we going to touch the people's hearts and win them over? And not necessarily, you don't have to necessarily win them over as a kumbaya moment, but just, you know, what's the, what's the, what's the picture? What's the, in the best interest for us as a country, as Americans? Um, and I mentioned at the beginning that our strength is really our diversity. Our weakness is still our inability to embrace our diversity, because the more that we do that, the more that we are uh, um, can be threatened by outside forces. And that, I think that's where we really keep saying, I don't think I hear enough people talking about how the Russians and the China are exploiting our our, um, our national, biggest national, national security threat, which is racism, sexism, and xenophobia. Yeah, I, I can't agree with you more there. Um, well, we appreciate you coming on the show. And before I let you go, though, I, I did notice that you're the associate producer on an upcoming Nicole and OJ film. It's called Nicole and yeah. OJ. Uh, what can you tell us about this project real quick before? I know that we're almost out of time with you. and I'm sure you have things to do. Um, I can tell you that that film was supposed to have been done about a year ago. And oh. there were some other things that got caught in some politics in Hollywood. So I, um, I'm okay. going to kind of <laughs> sidestep that one. Yeah, that's hard to but, navigate that, that Hollywood, yeah, you know. But, but you, if, if, if your listeners out there, if they um, if they Google Nicole and the OJ film, they'll find they'll they'll see, um, or you can see uh, what I'm talking about in terms of the politics, and and that's one of the things okay. that I always tell people: there's politics and everything. There's even politics and stuff in Hollywood. Can I can I ask you about the project? Was it a documentary or was it more of uh, was no? It, it, okay, it's it's, a, it's actually a, um, what do you call it? Um, I'm trying to think of it. it, it it's uh, it's done in a in a I don't want to say satirical way is done in, but it's there, but um, the way that it is also done, it is all grounded and based in fact. Um, and there's some things that happened. There was a first OJ trial. There was a second trial that a lot of people don't um, might not know about where um, OJ's attorneys tried to um, subpoena the phone records of the night that Nicole called her parents. Um, but it was locked up in the first trial, and that this movie is about that. And a lot of people oh. don't know that story. Yeah, I didn't know um, that. It would have shown huh. it would have shown the timestamp of when the call was made to show um, they, they coordinate with the time when OJ was on his way to the airport. It's really interesting. In fact, when the director um, uh, first brought it to my attention, I was like, "Really?" And I did my own research, and um, it it's uh, it, it's really true. So you can look up phone records. Um, 
from the OJ Simpson trial that were um, locked up. And it was all part of another deal. Again, politics, it was all part of another deal to suppress some other evidence um, in the first trial. Wow. Yeah. He got the really good lawyers. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Money <laughs> um, can buy you a lot of things, right? That's true. That's true. Well, um, Atiba Madian, thanks so much for joining us. Where can people find you and everything you do before we uh, sure, let's get I, you a plug? Well, I have a book, so and they, they want to find out some other things about me. They can just use my name, Atiba, A-T-I-B as a boy, A, and Madjun, M-A-D-Y-U-N. Oh, did I mispronounce it the whole time? I'm so sorry. No, it's okay. It's okay. You get it all the time, but it's but it's atibamadjun.com. I actually so even asked your publicist how to pronounce and uh Yeah, I guess everybody I, does I messed it. Don't up. worry about it. All right. Well, sorry again about that. We appreciate you being here and uh, you have a great evening and you take care. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Let's talk over people. That's the first thing everybody. What's the matter? Jason, let's just talk over people. Just talk over them. Just talk over it. Even if they're in mid-sentence, just get into it. Yeah, just talk. That's our brand. Right over them. Yeah, that's our brand. In fact, we should be interjecting with the guests more often. Just great guests, though. I'm not saying the guests did anything bad. Great conversation, but we should just and it, just jump in there. We're too polite, but you guests. did a great job too. Excellent interview. Yeah, uh, we're too polite. We're, we're well, you know. I think that we're maybe overcompensating, but we're just trying to, you know, the guests on. It's news to us, or uh, maybe of a uh, higher intellectual brow than the old uh, EJC show. <laughs> I would go. I would. I would yeah. say the Bloodhound Gang is right up there intellectually. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, Fair enough. Different topic. Yeah. yeah. Different subject matter. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, whatever. We covered a lot of ground. There's a lot to get to, as always. There's a couple that hid uh, $20,000 in Maine, if you guys want to go try to find that. Would you guys go on a treasure hunt? Yes. To find $20,000? No. Even just for fun. No, you wouldn't. Um, I would. No, you wouldn't. Not if it involved like seventeen hours of driving. <laughs> but twenty. I mean, like way it's further. Twenty thousand dollars enough to go on a treasure hunt and risk your life in Maine with uh, this Bigfoot. Risk your life, Bigfoot. <laughs> no, I think they have lobster. Dude, I'd go looking for Bigfoot. I think that would be fun. That would be fun. But twenty thousand yeah, evil car from that Stephen King book that ran over Stephen King. Mm. <laughs> uh, what's that one movie? Strange Wilderness. I love that movie. Have you I, guys I, seen that? I haven't seen that. That with uh, Chris, uh, uh, Chris <laughs> or Seth Green. Uh, oh no. no, Eddie! You have to watch Strange Wilderness. It's so funny. Oh, I know the one you're talking about. Yeah, that <laughs> movie is great. I have to check I, that one. You out. know, it's too too long of a story, but. There was one time where I had Chris believing Bigfoot was like real and coming after us. Nice. What? Oh, I don't know about that. Is that, I, yeah, is I that do. during camping? It was during camping. Okay. You were freaked out, Did man. you eat a bunch of drugs, Chris? <laughs> I smoked a bunch of drugs. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's hilarious. Um, All you did was smoke drugs and you believed in Bigfoot? I believe, I love, believed in something. Yeah, I don't know. I heard noises. That's and I all I out. needed. Yeah. I made him think I was freaking out. Like, random. Yeah, anyway. You guys are funny. He believed in Bigfoot for literally like five minutes. 
Uh, we should all go I to the woods and that. smoke a bunch of drugs this summer. Speaking try, of try Chris pooping people. anywhere he wants, that's a time where he pooped. <laughs> Not on the toilet. Well, back to the twenty thousand dollars thing, though. Like, isn't I? I was thinking that it's a little bit sociopathic for this couple to hide twenty thousand dollars and just say, "Hey, go try to find it." Like, sociopathic. Yeah. Why won't they take that money and donate it to charity or, like, instead What's of like fun in that? I know, but like, we have twenty thousand dollars. So hey, charities make- are more than welcome to take a treasure map <laughs> and go. <laughs> that's what's mis- That's the problem with this country. Everybody is expecting a handout instead <laughs> of buying a shovel and going and digging. It's Reading there, a map, folks. Yeah, fair enough. Are these people actually handing out maps? You have to pay twenty dollars to do the treasure hunt, and they give you a deck of cards and it has clues or something like that huh Hmm. Huh. maybe we should try it know about that like large treasure like that million dollar plus treasure that something finn forced finn or something i don't know yeah 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 new mexico yeah somebody somebody yeah found that like last year and the dick the jerk won't say where it was what he won't tell you everybody was wondering where that was yeah just that it it was in wyoming somewhere oh fuck you that's all he'll say (laughs) It was in a trash bag off the freeway. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, that's all the time we have for this week. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Appreciate it very much, Tim Apple.